Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. What's up, friends? This is another week of Will's Take on Sports. I am Will Walker, the host and self-proclaimed greatest sports guru ever. That's just what it is. And I'm ready to give you my opinion about the NBA playoffs, the NFL draft, and the offseason so far, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and some other top stories in sports that I'm going to mention. And one of them is right now, this is something that came across my attention. Well, that came to my attention, uh, I guess you would say, as it happened over this past week. The Las Vegas Golden Knights are an expansion team in the NHL, and they have advanced to the second round of the, of the National Hockey League playoffs. Now, for me, this is unbelievable. I've never heard of this type of story unless it's a movie, and this isn't no Disney movie. This is actually real sports in real time where this expansion team is actually advanced to the second round after sweeping sweeping a team in the first round. I don't know who they did because I don't really follow the NHL like that, but this is such a compelling story to me. It's, it's just interesting that this team is going to actually have an opportunity to hold probably the oldest, um, I guess you could say the oldest team sports trophy in North America. Um, that is Lois Stanley's Cup. And that's just amazing to me. And all I can really say is just it's just really wild. But anyway, I'm getting into sports, so let's go ahead and get this started. All right, I want to thank you for listening. I am truly grateful for the support on this podcast. And today I will tell you what I think of what the Miami Dolphins, who the Miami Dolphins should draft. I'm going to give you, I'm going to try to do a little mark draft for the top 10 picks. Or I might skip around a little bit. I might not do all top, all 10 of the, of the top picks because I really don't care about the NFL draft. It is what it is. Same way I feel about spring football. Um, I know Miami, Florida State, and Florida and other teams around the country, but I'm a sports and other teams around the country um, had a, had their spring game or whatever, their spring scrimmage or practice or whatever you want to call it. I understand that there's a, there are those who who find this important. They look forward to this type of thing. I'm just not one of those people. I can really care less about what happens with spring football. I'm not going to lie to you. And also what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done um, in this offseason that can increase the, the Super Bowl chances. Don't look like they've done much or nothing as I've looked it up. Don't look like, you know, they just really kind of stand pat. They, they eliminated some people from the team. I'll get into that a little later on before I get into the mock draft. But right now, I want to get into what about the NBA playoffs and I tied all this in to Simply the Best, the NBA Playoff Edition. You're simply the best Better than all the rest Better All right, um, just to make this really simple, it's just really the Simply the Best, the Playoff Edition is um, it's, the playoffs have been very interesting to me. A lot of the storylines have been very interesting. A lot of some of the outcomes have been surprising, some not so surprising. But anyway, let's, let me just go ahead and just do this right here. All right, go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and give a simply the best performance to Joe M. M- Joe L. Embiid because you know, hey, what can I say? The man was a big difference in the game last night in that win that Philadelphia got in the Triple A. I mean, he had 23 points and seven boards. He got his mask. He got that mask stepped on by Justice Winslow. And, you know, hey, 
I'm going to get into that game a little bit later, but I want to go ahead and give this simply the best performance to uh, Joel Embiid. He is, tef- he is definitely dominating that big man matchup with um, Miami's $100 million center. Um, Hassan Whiteside, I don't think Whiteside will be a Miami Heat um, in the Miami Heat uniform next year. This is really one of those type of situations where you get a guy $100 million, basically you give him your fran- you give him franchise player type money and he is not showing up when you need franchi- need your franchise player and that isn't in the playoffs. But anyway, Joel, Joel Embiid's return, definitely, he's a, definitely a skilled big man. I'm going to get into this game a little later because it was really it was very interesting although, that, although my Miami Heat came up short. Also, I'm going to give um, assembly the best performance in the form number six, I, who you all know as LeBron James. I call him the form number six. But anyway, he had to pull out one of them great playoff performances. Basically, he doesn't have anything around him, and the Indiana Pacers are wearing them out. He ha- he is going to have to be just as dominant. I don't know if he can be 46 points um, dominant, but... He's going to be have to be just that dominant. And even in those, um, I guess you could say with those 46 points that he scored in game two, um, they're in the land, as they call it, lane. But anyway, um, they only got a three-point victory over um, the Indy Pacers. So, hey, kudos to the Pacers. They are not, they, they didn't, I mean, if they can just get something out of Miles Turner and uh, the Sabonis kid, you know what I'm saying, get them to get where they can take advantage of the inside because Cleveland is really lacking on the inside with Nance and Love. But anyway, and with Love right now having having gimpy issues, it seems like that dude can't stay stay healthy. But anyway, but that's simply the best performance for the former number six, as you know, as LeBron James. All right, Nickel, I'm going to give also to Nikolai Meritich, who has uh, been the key part in the New Orleans Pelicans' shocking 3-0 um, lead over the number three seed West, um, the number three seed in the West, the, the Portland Trail. Blazers. I know, yes, 23 AD, Anthony Davis is the star of the Pelicans. But what Meritich is doing in the playoffs in these three games is unbelievable. Meritich is shooting 52% from three. That's from deep. The dude is 6'11", but he can definitely stroke the ball. He proved that when he came into the league and when he played with Chicago. I didn't even know he got traded to New Orleans. But anyway, he, shooting 52%, he is shooting 52% from three in these playoffs, and he is averaging 20, 20 points per game so far in the three games. That is a six-point six increase from what he averaged during the regular season. So that is my simply the best um, for the NBA playoffs. Um, then simply the best the NBA playoff edition. Alright, let me get my thoughts on the NBA playoffs so far. As you can hear with the music, yes, it is. Um, I gotta say, I really like this. I really enjoyed watching the NBA playoffs this year. It's been, it's been. I guess you could say one of those situations where I did not see um, Cleveland having the struggles with the Indy Pacers that they did, especially from game one. Got to give kudos to Victor Oladipo, who was actually showing that he is starting to make that, I guess you could say, turn that corner to being towards being a legit NBA star. Hey, this is what stars are made. In the, when the money's on the line in the NBA playoffs, NFL playoffs, whatever, baseball playoffs, major league playoffs, Whatever playoffs it is, stars are made when the money's on the line. And right now, Victor Oladipo is starting to look like a true superstar. He is giving the, the Cleveland Cavaliers fits in that series. Also, in game three yesterday was one of the best, worst, best playoff games I've seen in a long time. It had everything. It had drama. It had you make a shot, we come back and make a shot. You make a big play, we make a big play. Um, you make a defensive stand, we make a defensive plan. We had, we had 
uh, contention. We had disdain. We had dislike over stupidness, over just silliness that they brought to this game. Miami Heat scored a layup with the last couple of seconds in the game. In game two, I guess that some way, somehow, is some kind of unspoken code in the NBA. You're not supposed to do that. I never heard of that. I didn't even know that existed, but I've, and this is like the fourth time I've seen this recently to where this unspoken code where you can't score late in a game, um, a, just a layup or whatever. If you win it, you just got to, you can't go to the basket and score. I just think that all that's just lame. That's just players. Just, I guess you could say trying to get motivation any kind of way they can. That's the only way I can look at it. But the Miami Heat, and the Philadelphia 76ers played one heck of a game three. The Sixers did come out on top as they were able to make a late. That run they made at the start of the fourth quarter was really the difference in that ball game. And really, I want to be honest with you. What I said about Hassan Whiteside is legit. Hassan Whiteside has really been the negative in this entire, in this entire, um, I guess you could say, um, run in this, in this playoffs with the, against the Philadelphia 76ers. They've had more positive reaction when they have Kelly Olenek on the floor than when they have um, Hassan Whiteside in these playoffs. He's absolutely done bupkis. He's done nothing. He has absolutely done nothing. I'm looking at his stats so far in the, in the three games. He's played 13 minutes, 15 minutes, and 12 minutes. And his fouls have been ridiculous. He has scored five, four, and two points. And that is in rescinding order from game three to game one. That is ridiculous. This guy is getting paid a hundred million some odd dollars and he just cannot, he is not making a difference, a hint of a difference in this series. And then now that Joe L and B is back, I don't know. I guess you could say that should be motivation for Hassan Whiteside, but I guess it's, it's not, it's not turning out that way. He is getting absolutely, he got dominated by, um, uh, Sarich, um, the 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 power, the guy that I mean, power forward, I guess center. When 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 uh, Embiid is there, he dominated them. Of course, not so much like Embiid did with skill set, but with his shooting and things like that. You would thought I was I was thinking that in the that Hassan Whiteside would have an advantage over that while Embiid was out, but he didn't take advantage of it. And I mean, this guy's I mean, he's just disappeared. That's just what it is. He disappeared. Kudos to Justice Winslow yesterday. He's definitely worked on his shot. I thought he should move on. I don't think it should be uh, Justice Winslow that moves on. I think it definitely should be Hassan Whiteside. Justice Winslow, James Johnson, Goran Dragic, they all seem to have that same mindset. They go downhill when they get the basketball. They go downhill. That is the one thing I liked about what Miami did yesterday. Although, you know, that wasn't their type of game. But Philly's not a defensive juggernaut. I did hear that during the telecast that, oh, wow, these are two great defensive teams. Miami is a, a good defensive team by possession, but they're playing against a top-notch offensive team with Bellinelli making all these crazy shots. They got the big kids Zoris that can shoot. They got Ilisova. He's definitely a good time. He's definitely a big-time ball player. They got the Covington kid who's streaky, um, just like anything else. And, of course, the, the orchestrator of it all, Ben Simmons, who's definitely who's definitely talking about stars being made in the playoffs. This, this, this kid is definitely making that, I guess you could say, that leap towards superstardom in, in his play. And then with his, with his along with Joy Embiid, the 76ers can be good for a long time if they just keep shooters around them with J.J. Redick and all those guys. I didn't, I didn't know J.J. Redick signed a one-year deal with them. But anyway, that's my thoughts on that series. I still say that the Miami Heat would win, but yesterday was one of the best games. And like I said, I have not, it was a very good game between the teams. And hey, the Sixers just pulled away late. It looked like these teams, teams are, are even. I mean, they were 2-2 two two in the regular season. So it looked like these two teams are even. So, hey, it might go six, seven games. I still say six in favor of the Miami Heat. Although that's not a popular sentiment with everybody else who just say that the 76ers will be in the NBA, uh, basically in the NBA Finals. They, they got that look. I just don't agree with it. Okay, I want to get this out of the way. Sorry to hear about um, – 
Coach uh, Greg Popovich is a uh, uh, wife passing. My prayers and my thoughts are for him and his family during this difficult time. And I'm going to just try to make an easy transition over to, you know, what's been going on on the court. Look, the San Antonio Spurs are outgunned in this, this um, series. This is just not going to be close. It, it has no, it's no bearing on Popovich's, um, I guess you could say coaching resume or anything that he's done. I mean, they're without Kawhi Leonard and even with Kawhi Leonard, they still will be behind the eight ball in talent. Um, they just don't have it. I know they, they've had some great stories. I know the Kyle Anderson situation. You got Gasol, I'm sorry, Powell Gasol. And then you got uh, the big kid, like I said, LaMarcus Aldridge making a return this year and kind of looking like the all-star that he was all the years when he was up in the great Northwest. But right now this team is just outgunned by a much talented, uh, this, this talented Warriors team who seem to be taking some motivation of disrespect that everybody thinks the Houston Rockets are the best team in the NBA. Anybody that knows ball does not agree with that sentiment. Like I said, and anybody else that knows ball keeps saying the Golden State Warriors are the best team in the in basketball, the best basketball team in the NBA. I know the beard went off. I'm um, a transition over to the Houston Rockets in the Timberwolves series. I know the beard went off in his game, and in it, and you know, again, he's he's validated his point after game one that he should be the MVP. I have no problem with that. The big cat called Anthony Towns is just not playing. He's just not had a great two games in Houston. Maybe he can get some home cooking, sleep in his own bed. Maybe that'll make him do a little bit better uh, up in the Twin Cities as that series moves to game three between the Rockets and the Timberwolves. Maybe that will help. I still don't think it'll be much of a difference. I still think that they can give the Rockets problems if they can get anything out of him. I think Jimmy Butler and Wiggins and all those guys and Teague and Gibson all those guys, even do it, Jamal Crawford, they can make a difference in what's got to go on. Thibodeau has a team. It's just that the team just isn't quite as talented as what the Beard and the Rockets can offer with Capella on the inside, who's going to make himself a lot of money from what he has done during this um, past NBA season. Also, you again, you got CP3. You, you got the shooters, Reza, Ryan Anderson, Ben Gordon. I mean, you got all these guys on that team to go with the beard, and then you got the beard doing what he does, James Harden. So it's going to be a tough – it's going to be maybe – I I didn't think it would – I didn't think the Rockets would have um, an easy time with the Minnesota Timberwolves, but after watching the first two games, albeit at home, it just looks like – it just looks like Compellers just having too – is giving too much of a fit, I guess you could say, a bad matchup for the big cat called Anthony Towns. And then going on to the what the Celtics did again in their in their um, series with um, uh, going against the young fawns and I I call um, Antetokounmpo and his teammates. Um, and for those of you that's not educated and don't know much about that, that is a young deer. That's what that is. So a young fawn. So I call them the young fawns. But anyway, the core of Jalen Brown, Terry Rozier, and Jason Tatum, um, the young Celtics have been able to handle. It. I mean, they got away with one in Game One with the with the overtime win, and then they was big, then they handled business in Game Two. So again, this moves on to Milwaukee. Milwaukee has to do what they need to do. Uh, I guess you could say make this a series. I still say this this should this should be a seven game series. The Milwaukee should be able to. Uh, I guess you could say rebound at home, but maybe they won't. Maybe, maybe they won't. Maybe I mean, yes, Middleton is nice. Jabari Parker just does not look good. He looks very unhealthy. Um, Eric Bledsoe is Eric Bledsoe. He's a nice player, but he's just not. He's not an All Star caliber point guard. He's a very nice player. Um, you look at, um, like I said, Middleton with his shooting. You got the big kid on the inside, um, uh, John John Henson and, and his skill set. So. And then they got Tony Snell. So, I mean, I mean, this is a nice team. I don't want the young fans to do well because of what they did to Jason Kidd. I just thought that was just bogus and BS that he was let go or whatever. So, 
I'm not really rooting for them. I'm really rooting, rooting against the young funds be, uh, and the organization that more to say than I am um, the team. So that's my take on that. You know, that, oh, real quick, what like I said, with what's going on with the New Orleans, New Orleans Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans. Pelicans. Okay, with the New Orleans Pelicans and what they're doing against the the, the Trail Blazers is, is just unbelievable. Three zero. They came. They went to the Great Northwest. They won two games. Then they came home and handled business. So this looks like the Bruins will be out, and this will be a sweep. And that is un. That's just like that. Nobody saw that coming. I mean, I saw a three six upset, but I saw the three six upset being in the East, not in the West. So, hey, what can you say? They're doing, and then okay, yes, Toronto is handling their business against Washington. That's no stock. That's no real shocker there either. I'm just not. That's not nothing. I mean, everybody keeps saying John Wall is this. John, yes, John Wall is very fast with the basketball, but Washington just keeps seeming. They just seem to just underachieve all the time. So, all right, turning my attention to the NFL and what the Jacksonville Jaguars have done so far this all season. Jacksonville Jaguars have pulled off the upset of the playoffs. That's a step. It's really a pretty good ball by Bortles. It gives him a chance. It's just an incredible defensive play by Gilmore. Just an incredible play. That's telling you they don't think Bortles can go down and win the game with no timeouts. That's what that's telling you. It's Lewis. Lewis running free. And that. Well, the Jacksonville Jaguars have now moved. They're moved. They um, were the team that they were the team that put that, that uh, won their won the AFC South division last season. They were able to compete in the AFC championship AFC championship game. They were they looked like they were on their way to the Super Bowl until Tom Brady became took over and became Tom Brady. But enough being said with that, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars have made really absolutely no big time all season moves. I think the biggest all season. Um, as, as you can say, transaction that has happened to the Jag, Jacksonville Jaguars is that Paul Pulaski, Paul Pulaski has decided to retire. He will no longer be um, the middle the, line, the middle linebacker from Penn State. So now, right now, um, Tevin Smith and uh, I forgot what the other linebacker saying, but they're right now that that trio is now broken up. So, but again, Jacksonville Jaguars have a Super Bowl quality type of defense. I said this last season. I'll say it again. Um, I'm not a fan of Blake Boydles at quarterback. I just don't believe in him. I just don't believe in his skill set. I, but although he proved me wrong, he had a great AFC AFC championship game. I just think that they needed to improve at quarterback. Obviously, the team did not think so. They also released my released the use the procaine the procaine um, Allen Hearns. He picked up by the Dallas Cowboys um, after that release, and also Mercedes Lewis was also let go. Um, the team, like I said, with a couple of I mean a couple of plays from going to the Super Bowl, and then they missed out. And I just think that if they had made the the acquisition they needed to make at quarterback to make the improvement that they need to make, they'd have been a team that would have been on their way towards the top, on their way towards roster on defense. You know they got they got a team they got one of the most one of the best up and coming young, uh, I guess you could say defensive backs in the league in in Jalen Ramsey. They got. Uh, the young man on the other side that plays opposite of him, AJ Bowie, that plays opposite, that plays on the other side. He's very good. I mean, you got Clayus Campbell up front. You got so much talent. Um, like I said, Tevin Smith, that linebacker, one Telvin Smith, excuse me, one of the fastest linebackers in the game with Miles Jack also at linebacker. So this is a team that's the Jacksonville Jaguars are very talented. Um, defensively, they had I said this last year as I was watching them, they have a Super Bowl quality defense. 
I just not a fan of their quarterback Blake Bortles. Although he proved me wrong, he had he had two strong showings. I still I still think that was an aberration more than what would be normal. I don't think that he can be consistent with that. But the team believes in him, and they that's who they're rolling with. They not they haven't you know made any moves to bring in a a top notch. Um, I guess you could say quarterback, but I guess, you know, when you got Leonard Fournette in there and the beast that he showed that he can be at running back and, you know, that offense line proved to be very strong and opening up holes for Leonard Fournette and what he was able to do last season as a rush. And then Des, Des Bryant was Des Bryant was released by the Dallas Cowboys. I don't know why this was news. I'm in a while speaking about this because I am a Florida-based podcast and Des Bryant was a Dallas Cowboy. Let's you are nine mother Basically what she said. That's what he's been. That's exactly what he's been, a non-factor. He hadn't done anything for this team since that drop. I mean, you look at it. That was, what, 2013, 2014, no, 2014, 2016 season? I mean, the man had 16 receiving sixteen receiving touchdowns that year. He had three, eight, and six since then. Since that, I'm serious, since that has happened, he has that he has had declines. Granted, there has been probably some injuries in there in regards to why his decline has happened. But, again, Darius Bryant has done nothing, so I don't understand why this was a big deal. But, again, it made a big deal. He came on TV and did all this foolishness. Of course, the four-letter nerd network and fixed news, fixed sports, excuse me, had to jump all over this story because God knows we live in that. Got to have the – got to do the story right away. Got to got to get the best of the story. Got to get Darius' view. Who cares? Darius Bryant is nothing. And now, if he goes to the New York Giants and plays opposite of Odell Beckham Jr., that would help Odell greatly. Would help Dez too because he won't see he won't see the type of uh, I guess you say the attention that the number one wide receiver that usually receives. He will be the number two, so he might get a lot of one on ones. Maybe he can win some of those. I don't know with less balls thrown in his direction. That should help Eli if he stays there. But anyway, that's just what it is. There's Bryant released by that team. Also, I want to get into the Kirk Cousins thing real quick. I never addressed this since it happened. Kirk Cousins signed a guaranteed contract with the Minnesota Vikings. He was, I guess, he is deemed that one missing piece that they needed to get them over the top to beat the Philadelphia Eagles or, or just advance to the Super Bowl, whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Case Keenum, yeah, he did what he needed to do. He got the team um, to the NFC Championship game. Um, they just wasn't able to prevail over the, the the Philadelphia Eagles, but they have the defense to do it. I guess you could say Kirk Cousins don't make any mistakes. He has the talent, but guaranteed money for Kirk Cousins, 26-30-1? Man, I thought they owned a Daniel Snyder. I thought Stephen Ross was stupid. Man, the, the Minnesota Vikings are going all in, and I don't know if that's the guy to go all in with, but I get it. He was the best guy available. But that guy gets, um, I guess you could say, a guaranteed contract? Phew, man, that's shocking. Yeah. All right, real quickly, let me turn my attention to the, 2000 and, uh, to the 2018 NFL draft that is coming up um, here shortly. I think that is going to be held on, what is that, April the 26th? They're saying she's gonna show this on TV. I, I don't believe it. All three, all three networks are gonna show this stupidness. The thing, the thing is gonna be in Texas. It's gonna be at the stadium. They, they made this as a touch a big event. It's just the dumbest thing to me. How anybody can sit around and watch this dumb stuff. I just do. I'm not a fan of it. I'm gonna do this mock draft because you know I get you know just to play around with it and then after it happens, see how accurate I was or how unaccurate I was. So, but anyway, um, anyway. 
All right, here's the mock draft. Here's what I think about the mock draft. This is something I put Kyle together by what I've been reading over the Internet, over different websites, or what people have in the mock draft, um, over their mock drafts, and just my consensus of it. And also, a lot of it's influenced by this website. Uh, Walter, I think it's the Walt, it's Walter Camp. It's WalterFootballCamp.com in their mock draft. So, that's a, I guess you could say that's a plug for them, the, you know, whatever. But anyway, for the number one pick, we all know that Cleveland Browns had a first and a fourth pick in the draft. If they decide to keep that pick, I don't know if they will, but if they did, for some odd reason, some people believe they will pick Josh Allen as number one pick and not Sam Darnold. I don't know how, you know, what's the big deal. I mean, I don't know if this is the right move. I don't know much about Josh Allen, but what I have seen of Sam Darnold, yes, he does make mistakes. And then in my honest opinion, I would think Saquon Barkley should be the number one pick because I think he is the most talented player with the most upside and uh, with the the most potential to be an impact player right away is Saquon Barkley, in my opinion. But, hey, this is a quarterback-driven league. You got to get it right. If you get a franchise quarterback, what was proven like with Carson Wentz and Jared Goff a couple of seasons ago, a couple of seasons ago that can propel your team into the, I guess you can, into a playoff status or make your team a contender. I mean, look what the Rams are doing out there in LA now that, you know, Jared Goff has seemed to make that transition over to being a franchise guy. They're going all in. They're trying to win, you know, why they, you know, compile as much talent as they can to get themselves the best chances to win because they feel they have a franchise caliber quarterback, franchise caliber quarterback in Jared Goff. So I, I can understand where if the Cleveland Browns did make this pick for Josh Allen, I don't know. He's out of wine. Omen, I don't have a problem with picking guys that don't have, um, I guess you could say, major co- major conference football experience. You know, they come from these small schools, but hey, Carson Wentz went to South Dakota State, and then boom, look what he's done in the NFL. So hey, who, what do I know? But again, again, it's my trepidation. I don't see why the Cleveland Browns should pick Josh Brown. I mean, I'm, the Cleveland Browns should pick Josh Allen, but that seemed to be a consensus amongst all these people um, that do this for a living that Josh Allen seems to be the Browns' choice at quarterback with the number one overall pick. Um, the New York Giants with the second pick, um, I guess everybody seems to think that it should be Saquon Barkley. I say it should be Sam Donald. If the Cleveland Browns do not pick um, Sam Donald with the number one overall pick, I think the New York Giants should make that pick. Again, quarterback-driven league. I understand. Like I said, Saquon Barkley, to me, has seems to have the most – upside and be able to make the most immediate impact. We see what Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette was able to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars last season. I mean, granted, the Jaguars do have a great defense, but anyway, um, we, able, we were able to see what the, the impact that Fournette made in the league last year. Even the, the little kid McCaffrey up in, in uh, Carolina, and then what Dalvin Cook started off doing, although he was drafted in the second round with the Minnesota Vikings. So Saquon Barkley could come in and make that kind of impact, and then with this team, with Odell Beckham Jr. on the outside, and then the possibility of Dez Bryant, you know, Eli quarterback, hey, what can you do? You might have an opportunity where this might be one of a very explosive offense with this guy. I understand he's a big kid, runs a 4-3. I mean, hey, Saquon Barkley would be a nice pick. But in my opinion, if Sam if Sam Donald is there, the New York Giants should make that pick because he's the best quarterback and it's a quarterback-driven lead. But anyway, New York Giants second pick, Saquon Barkley. New York Jets with the third pick, I would think that they will take Baker Mayfield. Um, that um, well, excuse me. That is, it seems to be the thought process that they would take Baker Mayfield again. That Sam Donald, <laughs> that Sam Donald falling and falling and falling because I like I said, I think Sam Donald's the best quarterback in here. But Baker Mayfield, yes, he is controversial, but yeah, he seems to be very smart. He played on probably the most explosive offense in college in major college football, the Power Five conferences last year, advanced Oklahoma uh, until the National College Football Playoff. 
this kid is definitely has the ability. I can't. I mean, there's nothing bad to say about Baker Mayfield on the field. He seems to have the talent. Yes, he looks short. It's his off the field antics. Um, well, I guess you could say some of the things that I can't. Some of the things that he did, you know, with the grabbing, grabbing of his crotch and everything, and all that type of stuff. But uh, I don't know. And okay, so Baker Mayfield is the Jets make this is the Browns keeping their number four pick a outstanding. Um, I guess you can look at. Uh, uh, defensive end and Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb is probably, I seen this kid play a couple of times at NC State. I saw what he did against the Florida State game. I saw what he did against Clemson at home up in Raleigh, North Carolina. This kid seems to have the ability to make plays. Go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the seventh pick in the draft. Um, basically, this is a team, their defensive skill set on their side has been, has been really, it's been trying to add pieces. They added Jason Pierre Paul, um, to this team. They got a young, Talented defensive back in Brian and 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 Vernon Hargraves. He he does have, um, I guess you could say, you know, all star potential. So if I'm looking at it, I stay on the defensive side of the ball and give them Tremaine Tremaine Edmonds, who has great size speed combination coming out of Virginia Tech. Sam Darnold with the 11th pick in the draft. Something's wrong. Now, according to all these people, with Sam Darnold not being picked. He's not going to be. It's a possibility he will not be. He will not be the overall over number one overall pick by the Cleveland Browns. They're going to take Josh Allen. Then, for some strange reason, they believe that Baker Mayfield would be the better fit for the New York Jets, not Sam Darnold. Um, the New York Giants are going to go to running back over again a quarterback, Sam Darnold. So, and then I don't see Indy making a pick for him. I don't see. Um, Denver went out and got Case Keenum, so I don't see them making a pick for him. So, and I don't, I don't see Tampa Bay making a pick for him. They're not ready to give up on Jameis just quite yet. Um, the Bears got Trib- uh, Trubisky last season, so and then Jimmy Garoppolo is already he's the quarterback that that um that San Francisco um gave a big contract to, so he's there. I don't think that'll happen. And then you got to look at. Uh, the car kid, Derek Carr in Oakland. So I don't see that happening. So I'm saying if Sam Donald's not picked and the Dolphins not able or somebody else doesn't trade up above the Dolphins that seriously need a quarterback, the Dolphins should take Sam Donald. He should fall to their laps at number 11. And they should be thanking the high heavens that this could be the same possibility that what happened with Marino. Marino had a, remember Marino had a bad, well, for those of you that don't, Dan Marino had a bad senior season and he fell all the way to the Miami Dolphins at 23. And by mid-season of his rookie season, he was the Miami Dolphins starting quarterback and never looked back. He helped the franchise do a lot of things. I don't know if Sam Donald can have that type of success, but the boy, if Sam Donald was gifted to the Miami Dolphins with the number 11 pick, the Dolphins should not even waste a moment. It should not take no time in the allotted time that they need to make that pick, and they can just go ahead and say the Miami Dolphins select with the number 11 pick in the 2018 draft, Sam Donald from USC. If he falls that far, I don't think he will. I think there'll be a trade somewhere somehow. He'll get he'll he'll be taken before the end. But anyway, that's that's what I think the Dolphins should do. Okay, and that's everything as far as the NFL uh, as far as the draft. Um, goals, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like I said, I got in the, in the other team in the state of Florida. I looked at what they need. I know what the Jackson. I told you what the Jacksonville Jaguars need with um, their middle linebacker deciding to retire. So I'm pretty sure they're going to be looking at probably the best player available available um, when they come to their um, uh, selection to see if they can make a draft pick um, that can be worthy. Make a make a pick at the linebacker spot that's worthy of their first round selection. So. I can't go that deep in the draft. I really don't pay attention to it that much. But anyway, that that is what I think. All right, that is the will. That is Will's take on sports. Sports podcast. 
for this week. I really appreciate all the love. Again, follow my show on Facebook at Will Take On Sports. Also, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WWS underscore sports show. You can follow me there. I have, I want to say thank you to everyone. I want to again say, like I say every week to close out the, close out the show, yo, say a prayer for somebody. Because prayer changes things. I'll holler. Be easy. We out. You're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.